This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. And the Packers are going to the NFC Championship game. I am your host, Ben Krakowski, and today we have no official news yet on the Aaron Rodgers front. And it truly looks like Rodgers is headed to New York. But the problem seems to be the... Um, a little bit of a problem for a while there for the last couple of days was trying to figure out kind of the just trying to get cute. They wanted the Packers to pay a good amount of the money he's owed this season while the Packers just aren't budging on the money. It sounds like it sounds like compensation is not the issue here. It simply was the money. Now, the Jets had plenty of places they can create money from, but this truly sounds like the last resort where the Jets were trying to <clears throat> They already knew they're going to have to pay a ton of draft capital for Rodgers. The Packers know this is their shot or they won't get to the playoffs, the Jets that is, and the Jets will not have a chance at a Super Bowl without Aaron Rodgers. And if they do not have a chance at a Super Bowl, this general manager for the Jets, the head coach for the Jets, could get fired this upcoming season. The owner wants Aaron Rodgers. They have put all their chips in to get Rodgers now. It's just, will they finally budge on this final detail of who's paying the bill on Rodgers option if he plays? And the Jets did not want to do it initially, but Sooner or later, this is going to get done. And it also sounds like there's some major players involved in this trade outside of Aaron Rodgers. And the rumblings are that players are being involved in these trade talks, most likely none of them being from the Packers side of things. Most likely they would be players from the Jets. And it sounds like actually all the details of this trade are officially settled. It's just a matter of is Aaron Rodgers going to play next season or will he retire? So... What players could be involved in this trade? Initially, reports were that David Bakhtiari could possibly be part of this trade as well, but that is not true. Uh, Bakhtiari's contract was restructured, creating, uh, basically committing him to being a part of the Packers team in 2023 and 2024. So Bakhtiari will be a Packer for the next two seasons, it looks like, at face value at the current, what I can tell from right now. It sounds like there's going to be some players involved in this trade as well. I think a couple of those players that make sense to me. Offensively, it seems like this is probably either receiver Denzel Mims or receiver Corey Davis. Mims, I think, is a big, fast receiver that we wouldn't truly be able to find in this draft, most likely, unless if we drafted a guy like Bryce Ford Wheaton, who I really like on day three, but I think a lot of teams are going to like him. Uh, and so I don't know if you can bet on the fact that he's going to be available to the Packers. I think Mims has the potential to compete to be our wide receiver three with Romeo Dobbs and provide the Packers great depth at the receiver position. The other guy I mentioned was Corey Davis. Corey Davis has been a guy the Packers have really wanted in the past, but the last two years he really has not been special by any means. Overall PFF grade is 68.8 and 65.9, which was pretty much how his entire career has gone so far, other than the one breakout year right before he earned his big payday. Personally, I know the Packers like him, but right there, that's 
kind of everything you need to know about this guy. This is a guy who hasn't really shown up more than one year in his career, and that was a year with an offense with an elite quarterback, an elite running back, and an, another elite receiver, and it was in a contract year. Trusting guys after a contract year is kind of difficult for me, and it really usually doesn't pay off. So, And the issue here is our, if we add a decently paid receiver like Corey Davis, that kind of justifies his playing time. And I don't know if we want a guy to come in here and take snaps from a couple major players. Um, so I think the Packers are going to add one receiver, one major receiver in the draft. Jackson Smith Najigba said this going after his interview with the Packers is he th- thinks the Packers are going to add a receiver and try to create one of the most up-and-coming young group of receivers in the NFL. They already have Christian Watson, who is probably the most explosive rookie receiver in 2022. Romeo Dobbs, who flashed with some serious potential, one of the most targeted receivers when out there last season. And I love the other two fellow rookies we have on our roster. Seventh-rounder, Samari Torre, who got high praise from Rodgers, and we also added Bo Melton late in the year out of Rutgers. Melton, 5'11", 189 pounds, ran a 4'3", 40-yard dash. This guy is a speedster that I really think could have a specific role on this team. Right there, we already have four receivers I really like on the roster. Then we add one more through the draft. For example, maybe it's Jackson Smith-Najigba. I think he's special. He's young. He's already a great receiver. There's no projection for him, and he hit the two big measurables you have to hit for Packers receivers. Over six feet tall, above 195 pounds. That gives the Packers for sure a starting trio of Watson, Jackson, Smith, Jigba, and probably Romeo Dobbs. So really, does it make any sense to trade for Corey Davis and then put Dobbs on the bench? I don't think so. I don't think that's the right move for the Packers to do is trade for a maybe number three type of wide receiver paying him $10 million when we could just simply save that $10 million and get a different major player back in return. The answer probably if there is some players involved in this trade on offense, it's probably Denzel Mims. That's the final guy to fight for that final roster spot to provide some good depth on this roster and possibly usurp Romeo Dobbs for just $1.35 million. And that's a doable number. The other major player I think would come a couple major players, possibly on defense as part of this trade. I hope the Packers could get as part of this trade would be Ed rusher, Bryce Huff, Huff, a restricted free agent. The jets can simply give him the second round tender They'll give him a contract value of about uh, one year, $4.3 million. What that does is then he is stuck with the team. Another team can come in, offer a bigger contract, but that team would have to give up a second round pick and the contract to do so. If the Jets would not match that contract, but the Jets could just tender him and then trade him to the Packers as part of this deal. Why Bryce Huff? Here's why. Huff was used as the pass rusher only type of player, a designated pass rusher. So he played over 81% of his defensive snaps on third and fourth down. So then he could rush the passer primarily. And even though that's his specialty, he still was dominant at that one thing. He had a 21.3 pass rush percent win rate, which was a next-gen stats record. No edge rusher has ever recorded a pressure rate that high. And he had the quickest pass rush get off over the last five years, averaging 0.67 seconds. Nobody was faster than he was last season at rushing the passer. That's awesome. That's special. And he can do that at a very high level. I believe every great defense has several different options at edge rusher. And having one guy who is your designated pass rusher can be very important as part of your pass rushing rotation. 
And for just about $4 million to get a pass rusher this dangerous, who is not even 25 years old yet, could be one of the best moves the Packers could make in this trade. The other player to mention just seems like a player the Jets just added in safety Chuck Clark. If we don't, I'll kind of be pissed that the Jets got Chuck Clark as part of a trade for just a seventh round pick from the Ravens. Chuck Clark, he's owed $4.1 million in 2023. He's on the last year of his deal. Clark is an average safety, but he's just about to turn 28 years old, so he's not old by any means. Over the last three years, He's played over 1,000 snaps each of those seasons. And two of those seasons, he's one of, one of the most elite tackling safeties in the NFL. And he plays, he's not good by any means, but he's average. And that might be important to have on our team when we really only currently only have Darnell Savage, who's probably a better nickel than safety, and undrafted free agent James Wiggins and Tariq Carpenter, uh, seventh-round pick from last year, who's more of a dime safety than anything at this point. Personally, I think a great deal for the Packers and for the Jets would be the Packers trading Aaron Rodgers to the Jets for this year's first round pick, second round pick, and a conditional 2024 draft pick, plus edge Bryce Huff and safety Chuck Clark. This trade would give the Packers a ton of draft capital to invest in two top four or five players. It would give us another young pass rusher and a starting safety on the cheap, but also these moves would save the Jets around $8.5 million on the cap, which is important for them as they're going to have to pay Rodgers a good amount of money. But remember, they have to pay him money, but the cap hit is just $15.9 million this season, which is nothing. So that is, I think, what we're looking at for a trade. I'm hoping what we can get in a trade, that'd be amazing. And hopefully Aaron Rodgers just doesn't decide to retire and we can get something back for him in return. I think the Jets are desperate. There's Yes, there's not many other suitors right now, but I think the Jets are desperate. I think they know this is their only real option, and I think it has to get done. Um, this has to get done before free agency. Tampering starts on Monday, uh, and so hopefully we get some news early, early Monday morning so the Packers can plan accordingly. And same with the Jets, and I hope Aaron Rodgers would realize that and realize that if he's going to play, he's got to give these teams some notice so that they can plan around him. Other major news on the Packers front is uh, a major podcaster out there, Nate Tice from The Athletic, on his podcast said that Josh Nijman, Packers offensive tackle, who is a quality starting left tackle, I think is going to be a hot commodity. And that's interesting because the Packers just restructured David Bakhtiari's contract, which basically means Bakhtiari will be a Packer at least in both 2023 and 2024. This to me was a great move. And I think Bakhtiari is going to be a great left tackle for a long time, as long as he avoids any serious injury. And I think a top left tackle in the league again. Then the Packers already preferred Zach Tom to be a starting at right tackle over Josh Nyman. Nyman can start at right tackle, but he's better on the left side. But if Bakhtiari is here, there is no use for him on this football team, really. His talent is going to get wasted. And right now, it sounds like he could be a trade commodity for the Packers. There are several teams that need a starting left tackle, and the Packers have one available, and the Packers should place that second-round tender on Nyman because he's that restricted free agent. And then... The Packers could decide to trade him to a team for a second round pick, and that team would have a starting left tackle for just $4.3 million is the idea. And there's plenty of teams who would do this deal. Most obviously would be the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs have decided not to re-sign Orlando Brown, which is a really good move. The Chiefs are one of the smartest teams I know from a front office perspective, and they're going to save a ton of money by doing that. They could easily trade a second round pick, pick 63 for Nyman, and get a starting left tackle for about $15 million less in someone who can perform at a similar level to how Brown performed last season. If you can do a deal 
with a different team that would be drafting a little earlier, that would be ideal for the Packers. Like the Titans would be a great example. They probably need five starters across their offensive line. So finding one before the draft would be ideal. They have pick 41 in the second round. Tampa Bay Bucks just cut their longtime starting life tackle as well, just like the Titans did. And they have pick 50. Either of those three teams could result in the Packers getting one more possible top 50 pick, which I think would be very beneficial for the Packers to continue to add young talent and make this one of the best young rosters in the NFL. Anyways, what I want to do today, though, is consider what players are the best deals in a free agency. Now, the thing to understand about free agency is this. Packers are losing several notable free agents in free agency, probably, including tight end Marseille's Lewis, tight end Robert Tunyon, receiver Alan Lazard, receiver Randall Cobb, interior defensive lineman Jerron Reed, safety Adrian Amos, and safety Rudy Ford. I'm really hoping the Packers can still re-sign slot cornerback and kick returner Keyshawn Nixon before free agency begins next week, and maybe even a few other players as well, like kicker Mason Crosby, who we talked about now that he has no surgery in the offseason. I think he's going to get his leg strength back. Last offseason, he couldn't do that. And then safety, Dale and Levitt, I think is a very fast young safety when healthy is a great special teamer. And if the Packers do not get a guy like Bryce Huff as part of the, that trade, um, signing a guy, Ed Rusher, Justin Hollins, I think could be a wise move, but also I think we can save that million dollars and even spend it on some other pass rushers. And we'll talk about those guys later. The thing is the Packers are awarded when other teams sign your notable players in free agency. This is called compensatory picks. For example, the Packers lost three major players last offseason, MBS, uh, wide receiver MBS, interior offensive lineman Lucas Patrick, and slot cornerback Chan Sullivan. The Packers were awarded a fifth-round pick for MBS and a seventh-round pick for Chan Sullivan. So extra free picks for losing your own guys. They would have gotten a six-round pick for Lucas Patrick, but they signed Jerron Reed, so those two offset one another. Now, the max amount of compensatory picks you can be awarded is four, and I think, as I look at our list, I think Robert Tunyon can net the Packers a six-round pick, Alan Lazard a fifth-round pick, Adrian Amos a six-round pick, and either Rudy Ford, Randall Cobb, Jerron Reed, or Mercedes Lewis a seventh-round pick. That's a possible four extra picks for next year's draft we could have just for free. But that doesn't happen if the Packers go out and sign a bunch of unrestricted free agents on the open market. But if you sign what's called street free agents, these don't affect the compensatory pick evaluation. So street free agents are players who have been cut from their previous teams. So notable players who have been cut is like left tackle Taylor Luan, who I mentioned the Titans cut. If the Packers signed him, he wouldn't affect this compensatory evaluation. So guys who are cut from other teams are very high priority players the Packers should be considering in free agency. The other thing is if you just wait after six weeks of free agency, if you sign a player after that period or the Tuesday after the NFL draft, then those players also do not affect the compensatory pick evaluation. So last year when the Packers signed players like Devonder Campbell, Russell Douglas, late in the offseason, those players didn't affect that process at all. So let's run through the best bargain free agents that I think are the best value, even if they don't uh, necessarily make sense for the Packers. So we're going to talk about some that do make sense and some that don't, but I want to talk about the best value overall. At the quarterback position, there's one 
quarterback I really like, and that's Jacoby Brissett. In 2022, Brissett started the first half of the season for the Browns with Deshaun Watson facing his suspension. Brissett started 11 games for them, finished the season with an 82.6 overall PFF grade, which ranks sixth in the entire NFL. Okay. Brissett with the right team around him playing at that level could lead the right team to great places and is probably the best backup quarterback in the NFL. He's projected just a one-year, $8 million contract. And if you think about it, Daniel Jones did not have the year that Jacoby Brissett had last year, and he just got $40 million. That's a $32 million difference. That's that's like six notable starters you could add to this to your team. And so if I were a team like the Titans or the Bucks, who probably are going to miss out on any notable free agent quarterbacks, but you don't want your franchise to go totally downhill. You're not going to be able to get one of these rookie guys. I would sign Brissett to a one or two year deal. The other major QB I would be interested in is Baker Mayfield. Former num- number one overall pick has a strong arm, but he's a short quarterback. He's projected one year, six and a half million dollars. That is a little expensive, but Mayfield, I think if he sits in the right system for a few years with a great setting around him, I think he could develop and break some of his bad habits. I think we just saw how Geno Smith spent several years as a backup to Russell Wilson, and that helped him be ready to step in and be the starter later on in his career. And I think Mayfield could benefit from that as well. He's he's had several different offense coordinators during his time in the NFL already. I think... If he were to go to the Denver Broncos, sign a one-year $5 million deal to back up Russell Wilson, that one makes sense. Sean Payton has worked with Drew Brees before. This offenses are going to be built around a strong arm, short quarterback. And so this makes a lot of sense to me. And I think it would be a very smart move for the Broncos. Now, on to the running back list. And there's there's a ton of guys I'm going to talk about, okay? And I don't I was going to originally talk really in detail about each and every one of these guys, but I'm not I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. So, Jamal Williams, Kareem Hunt, Deontay Foreman, David Montgomery, Rashad Penny, Damian Harris, all these guys, I think whatever one of these guys signs for the cheapest price, you go you you go and get. Um maybe it doesn't make a sense as much sense for the Packers. I think they should be patient. Wait for the draft, make sure they don't draft a guy they really like. Wait till that post uh NFL draft signing to not affect the compensatory picks, but Jamal Williams, he, you know, highest character dude, you can find a total uplifting guy for your locker room. That's huge. He led the NFL in touchdowns last season. He can do anything you want him to do. Kareem Hunt, he is uh, sixth year in the NFL now, right now. He's going to turn 28 later on this year, but the last couple of years, he hasn't had the workload he had prior to his career, but he's a very capable runner and receiver. And I really like him as well. I think Deontay Foreman, if you look at the data, since week seven of last year, he led all running backs with first downs over expectation. And he was second in the NFL and with 177 yards over expectation, trailing only Derrick Henry. He had an incredible end of the last season. And I'd love to see how he works. I think David Montgomery from the Bears, uh, like I said, he's the Broken tackle ability is insane. Rashad Penny from the Seahawks. He is a breakout player. If he can stay healthy, that guy is insanely special athlete, insanely special player. And then Damian Harris, I don't think enough people are talking about him, but he had the second highest rushing grade in the entire NFL in 2020 and 2021. Okay. I think that guy is special. And I know we don't need him. We have Aaron Jones. We have A.J. Dillon for the next season or two. Uh, eight, this might be AJ Dillon's last year, actually. So, but any injury can happen to those guys at any time. And the Packers loved having two running backs who they could trust last season. And so 
if you can get one of these guys for one year, two million, two and a half million, oh, do it any time of the day. Now, at receiver, this is this is difficult. And I think because I just saw that Robert Woods just signed a two-year $15.75 million deal, which that's way too much money for me. And I think because Robert Woods just got that money, I think some of these other guys I'm going to talk about are going to get more money than I would like to pay them. And like all this, I don't, I can't talk to these guys directly. I'm just looking at projections. But if they're willing to take less money or like I can get them at a reasonable price, then I'm going to make that deal. But not if they go out and sign a two-year, $8 million per year type of contract like Robert Woods just signed because Robert Woods is not that good. And like I said earlier, I think the ideal thing is that the Packers could draft Jackson Smith and Jigba and that would give them a, a really good trio of receivers. Najigma, Watson, Dobbs, Samari Torre, Bo Melton. I think that's a great group of five guys. But if one of these other guys, it works out, it, it works out. That's awesome. And there's <clears throat> a few different types of players. There's two guys who I think could be elite players again if everything goes right. And that's OBJ and Michael Thomas. Both of these guys have fought injuries um, over the last couple seasons. And the thing about these guys is they're, they're unique for, they're similar because I think both of them, if they're healthy, um, they can produce and produce at a very, very high level. Again, OBJ, Michael Thomas, both of these guys are special players at the receiver position. It's, uh, the thing with OBJ, though, he does have some character concerns. He had some crazy airplane incident over the offseason that just look, made him look like a terrible, terrible person. Don't know if you want that guy to your team, but he is a street-free agent. Same with Michael Thomas. They are both street-free agents, both cut from their prior teams or weren't signed last year in the case of OBJ. So you... I hopefully the Packers are doing their research. OBJ just had a workout, I think, in Arizona last week or this weekend or something like that to try to help teams understand where he's at in his recovery and how healthy he is. And Michael Thomas, I do have to say, you know, he was he's a productive number one wide receiver at the start of the season. He had 22 targets over the first three games of the year. He's six foot three, 212 pounds. You know, he's all pro back in 2018 and 2019, over 160 targets three years in a row. I don't know. This guy is insane. He's a go-to wide receiver one type of player if he can stay healthy. And I don't know if that's the case, but depending on the price, or if you don't think you're going to get Jackson Smith to Jigwa, um, you have to be in the market for this, I think, Michael Thomas or OBJ. You got to meet with these guys. You got to see where they're at. If the If the price makes sense, then we should definitely be signing one of those two guys because I think they have the potential to be special receivers again in the NFL. Then there's a couple other types of players. Um, one player is a vertical threat. If you don't think Bo Melton is the guy who can step in and be a vertical threat if something were to happen to Christian Watson, then you might need to get one out there. And the only one really out there is Darius Slayton from the Giants. He's only expected to get like $3.5 million dollars even though he's been like a de facto number one wide receiver for the Giants. Um, the last He's led the team the last three of the last four seasons. So averages 15 yards per catch, insane deep threat. He's not a street free agent, so that's not ideal. But at $3.5 million for a great vertical threat wide receiver, you need to have two of these guys you can trust on the roster. Slayton would be able to add that to Christian Watson. The next two guys I want to talk about, they are 
special teamers. Okay, I know the idea is to bring back Keyshawn Nixon, who I want to be a punt returner, kick returner, but you need to have two of these guys on the roster. And I think Deontay Hardy or Braxton Berrios could be that for the Packers. They're both receivers, both smaller. Uh, Hardy, to me, is more interesting. Uh, He had a great receiving grade, 86.7 overall um, in 2021, missed all of 2022 due to a toe injury. So he is a very small, unique, toolsy player. Okay, 5'6", 770 pounds, but he's so fast, so elusive. I think he's a better uh, option for your offense to use as this Swiss Army knife type of player every now and then. And then also a more explosive uh, kick returner, punt returner, and then Bractus Berrios. He is more of your typical slot receiver, five foot nine, 190 pounds. But he did have the second highest kick kick return and punt return grade in 2021. So he could do that as well. And so I think either of those two guys could be a great option at the right price. And then I think adding a veteran wide receiver could be beneficial to the Packers. Um, <clears throat> this is a very young group of wide receivers. Um, like I said, four rookies from last year. Probably add one more in the draft, hopefully, in Jackson Smith. And that's five guys who are either rookies or second-year players. That's hard for a receiver room. That's hard to develop and grow without a leader out there. And I think either bringing back Randall Cobb or signing a former Viking who was just cut, Adam Thielen, to the roster could be a great veteran receiver to have. Adam Thielen... Obviously, is your a typical outside receiver. He can he can win the slot or on the outside, but he's played over a thousand snaps last season for the Vikings. He's not his career is not over, um, but he's not as special as he used to be. But I think with not requiring so much from Adam Thielen, I think he could have a little reignition of his career um, in Green Bay, and I think that would be very interesting. He's not going to play anywhere else. I don't think he's lived in Minnesota his entire life. So even going to Green Bay will probably t- be tough for him. And then Randall Cobb, he was having an incredible start of the year. Um, this guy plays a t- all of his snaps in the slot, but his snaps per war, so wins above replacement, is consistently very high for how few snaps this guy plays because he's kind of a first down machine. And <clears throat> he's one of the surest slot receivers in the NFL. He's recovering from this ankle surgery. I don't know what that is all about, but a high character guy, a leader in the locker room. Over the first six weeks of the year, before he had that ankle injury, Randall Cobb was the seventh highest grade receiver in the entire NFL with an 82.0 overall grade. He's clutch, knows the offense, already jives with this team, a veteran leader. These young receivers can look up to. I think that could be important for this team <clears throat> at the right price, obviously. Then moving on to tight end. The tight end, uh, currently the Packers have decided to wire on the roster and then nobody else. I think the Packers are going to add two to three guys in the draft, maybe the, maybe two to three free agents as well. I think <clears throat> there's two outside free agents I really like at the tight end position. Irv Smith Jr. from the Vikings. He missed all of 2021 basically due to a tour, uh, torn meniscus. Um, oh no, 2021, tore his meniscus. Missed all 2020, 2022. He was recovering from that. You're not yourself, but then he got injured. And so he missed the rest of this year, um, this last season. But I think he's an explosive tight end, huge jack guy. Um, I think the Vikings have been so excited about him for years. Just has not been able to stay healthy. I think a one-year, $4 million contract out of this guy could really pay dividends for the Packers. I think OJ Howard, he's a backup tight end. I think he knows that now, understands that now. But 
He's six foot six, two hundred fifty one pounds. He's your true inline tight end. I think he can help as a blocker. I think he's athlete. He's a special athlete, and I think if you just scheme the tight end position open, he's going to take advantage of it. Super long, super fast, and at one million dollars, that's worth a shot. And if we get past the draft and we can't get OJ Howard, we can't get Irv Smith Jr., we end up going with Josiah DeGuar and two rookies, adding Mercedes Lewis as a fourth tight end. I think the same way adding Randall Cobb back to the roster could be beneficial to a very young group of uh, tight ends. And then the last position group on the offensive side of the football is the offensive line. The Packers, we have a good offensive line already. We are one of the few teams in the NFL that could walk out on the field right now and have an incredible starting offensive line with no holes. Not many NFL teams can say that. We have Bakhtiari at left tackle, rookie Kale Walker at backup, um, backup left tackle. Right tackle, we have Zach Tom. We could start him there or at guard. Not sure how the Packers want to use him. And then seventh round steal, Rashid Walker backing him up. Center Josh Myers. We have uh, John Runyon, two-year starter at right guard. We have Royce Newman, who has a backup on the interior, but he has a full-year starting experience. We have last year's third-round pick, Sean Ryan, another interior offensive lineman backup. Then we just signed Elton Jenkins to a long-term term contract at left guard expecting him to be a consistent top guard in the NFL and he was to end the season if you look at the back half of last year and then we still have technically have Nijman on the roster so really we don't need any offensive lineman but there is one offensive lineman out there and I think the Packers should consider him because I think he's going to be a steal um and that is Jermaine Eluminor okay the one guy I love for the Packers is this guy. He played for the Raiders last year, has already been on three different NFL rosters, so he's not going to demand a lot of money. But he finally was a full-time starter, had the best year of his career. After the first five weeks, from week 17 to 18, he was the sixth best offensive tackle in football with an 82.3 overall PFF grade. And last year, this guy who was the steal of the offseason on the offensive line was Morgan Moses, three-year $15 million deal. Fifth-ranked offensive tackle in football in 2022. I think Elmanor is going to be the same thing. Three-year, $15 million deal, something like that. Um, if you get him at $4 million a year, $5 million a year, that could be the steal offensive tackle of the offseason. And you do this if you think Zach Tom would be better off at center, better off at guard, if that's the case. If you don't, then yes, we probably doesn't make sense to sign him. Someone else is going to get a steal. But I would sign him if, that, if the Packers think... Zach Tom would be better on the interior in some capacity, replacing Josh Myers, who hasn't really been as clutch, hasn't really developed like he wanted, or replacing JRJ, who also is average but not great. <clears throat> and then I think another steal is going to be left tackle Taylor Luan. He was cut from the Titans, but I think he could be a guy like the Chiefs signed for like three million dollars, and they sign they save like seventeen million dollars and get an average left tackle. And I think that might be the guy, but well, that's all we'll talk about with him. And then moving on to the defensive side of the football in the, my favorite position always in free agency is the edge rusher position. There's always so many talented guys. I think you need to have four guys on your team. You can trust right now. We have Preston Smith, which I hate uh, that we are continuing to pay for this guy over and over again. Rashawn Gary, who I'm excited about once he gets healthy, but he's not going to be healthy. And then really you have Kingsley and Agbury who I like. He was a promising rookie. Is he a guy you want to start full-time? I don't know about that. So really, not really sure where we're going to go. I think we talked about already hopefully trading for Bryce Huff, 
a designated pass rusher, but again, not a full-time player. Um, every year, I'm, there's a guy I mentioned, that's Melvin Ingram, is a guy you could go out and sign. He had the highest pressure rate since 2017, uh, 13.7%. He had his best get-off over the last five, five years, 0.83 seconds. He was super fast. Justin Houston was the same way, 0.75 second get-off. Fourth quickest among anybody with at least 250 passer snaps in 2022. Those are two interesting veteran names. I think you always they're always out there. Really cheap guys, whichever one of these guys you get for cheap. <clears throat> Other major addressers out there, Yannick Nagakwe, Marcus Davenport, Robert Quinn, David Clowney, Samson Ebicom, all these guys at the right price, I would sign. <clears throat> I think there's reason to believe all those guys could have very disruptive seasons for the right price. But the players I want to mention, most notably, I think, is Kyle Van Noy. I think this is the guy of the offseason. So <clears throat> over the last six games of the season, I love seeing how guys end last season because I think it's a great projection into the following season. And that's the same. That's what the was the case of Jermaine Elmonor. That was the case of Deontay Foreman and Cal Van Noy. Over the last six games, he had an 89 pass rush grade, the fourth highest PFF grade in the league at edge rusher. That's insane. Last year, he signed for one year, $2.25 million. I would do that again in a heartbeat. I think he would be a better starter over even Preston Smith for just $2 million. Next, Ogbo Okoronkwo. He had a 16.7% pass rush win rate, third in the NFL last season of edge rushers with over 200 pass rush snaps. And he only had five sacks because of it. So he's not going to get the money because he didn't have those sack numbers. But those pressure numbers always turn into more sacks eventually. And you bet on that. He had an 81.9 pass rush grade in 2022. From week seven on, he was a top 10 edge rusher in pressure rate, pass rush run rate, he had an elite pass rushing grade during that time span. He's only set to earn a two-year, $11 million deal. That's what he's projected. I think he's a guy in his prime, turning 28 years old this offseason, <clears throat> or this upcoming season. And I think he's going to be another steal. Okay, And so the fact that Preston Smith is on this team for even costing... he's We reduced his contract entirely, and he's costing the Packers $6.7 million. Then his cap hit goes up to $6.7 million for like three years, okay? That's insane. When you can get Ogbo or Karanko for $5.5 million, Kyle Van Noy for, Van Noy for $2.5 million. And those guys would be both arguably more productive than Preston Smith, and you'd be splitting your bets because injuries happen all the time. So the more players you can have that you're relying on, <clears throat> instead of just one major player, then when injuries happen, they're not as devastating. On the interior defensive line, we do probably need a veteran guy that we don't have very many options there. Ashan Robinson, a guy I like. I think he had a 73.6 run defense grade over the last two seasons. That's 12th among interior defenders. He had 46 defensive stops, which ranks inside the top 20, even though he missed the second half of 2022 with a torn meniscus. And I think because of that torn meniscus, he's going to be recovering, but he will be ready in a month or so here. And I think signing him for just a one-year, $2 million deal could be a steal to help out our run defense and be a solid rotational interior defensive lineman. Now, moving on to linebacker. <clears throat> and we don't, we're not going to spend money on linebacker. But I do want to talk about these guys because there's a ton out there. And, in, and because there's so many options out there, this is why you don't waste a first-round pick on Quay Walker to be in a bad linebacker for you. And maybe, hopefully, he will develop. But last year, he was bad. And you could have used that first-round pick in so many different ways because last year, there's guys I loved. Kaiser White, 
Leighton Van Der Esch, who signed very cheap deals. They both played over 800 snaps, led great defenses, and played above average football. That's what you need. I know Koi Walker didn't do that. So, and that's frustrating. And this offseason, it's the same thing. There's athletic freaks out there like Deion Jones, Devin Bush, Aziz El Shier, solid linebackers like Kazir White again, Van Der Esch again, and then Alex Singleton. All these would be cheap one-year deals to bring in, see what they can do. Whichever one of these guys signs a cheap deal would be the one I bring on our team just in case an injury were to happen. If so, if one of those six guys signs a one-year, $2 million deal, the Packers should be doing that. But there's also big name guys like David Long, Levante David, Bobby Wagner available too. Wagner can sign for a reasonable price. He was the best linebacker according to PFF last season. Levante David, since 2016, he's allowed six yards per target, which ranks second over that time period. And it didn't change again in 2022. He allowed 6.1 yards per target. He is a centerpiece for a defense and will continue to be in 2023 because he's the best coverage linebacker in the NFL. With all of those easy options out there on the free agent market for linebackers, you don't invest in a first-round rookie. And honestly, there's been zero history of first-round linebackers being any good anyways. And maybe you go back and you redo that draft pick and you go get Tyler Smith or Tyler Linderbaum. Over the last six weeks of the season, Tyler Smith was the ninth best offensive lineman in football out of all offensive linemen, not just offensive tackles. And Linderbaum was the 15th best, okay? Maybe you use that pick 22 to trade up for Jameson Williams. I don't know. And then you still could have gotten Christian Watson easily at pick 28 instead of freaking Devontae Wyatt. So I don't know what the Packers... We're thinking with that first round pick, and I hope Koi Walker has a great season this year, but there's so many options at linebacker every single year. And here again is a great, great group of linebackers available. At cornerback, our team is so solid. Last year, the guys I loved at cornerback, James Bradbury, five million, Patrick Peterson, four million, slot cornerback Bryce Callahan, one million. All of them played incredibly well last season. Way played their contract that they were given and had the Packers not signed Rasul, I would have pushed the Packers to sign either of those three guys. I still would have signed Bryce Callahan probably, but um, this offseason is going to be the same thing. There's going to be a few guys out there, a few corners who could sign for very, very cheap deals and the Packers should probably take advantage even if they have guys they love because um, Greedy Williams, former second round pick. He's going to sign for the veteran minimum. Go get that guy. Okay. He was a great player, had some injuries. Then the Browns added a new GM with a new defensive staff and he kind of was the odd man out. Um, Patrick Peterson, I think is going to be elite or very, very good again this season, uh, for a very cheap price. Jonathan Jones, um, teams lost an expected 15.6 points when targeting Jonathan Jones last season, which is fifth among outside cornerbacks in 2022, he can be a slot cornerback. He can be outside cornerback. He can do either. My favorite value, though, is probably Shaquille Griffin from the Jaguars. He missed uh, a lot of the 2022 season. He's a super fast cornerback, 4.38 speed. He's been a starter since he was a rookie, playing over 800 snaps every year until last year. He's just 27 years old. He can be a quality starter on the outside. He's projected a one-year, $2.5 million contract. Sign him for sure. Okay, that's great depth to have on your team. And then the final position that is of note and probably the weakest position on the Packers roster currently 
is safety. We already mentioned, okay, we have James Wiggins, Darnell Savage, two athletic freaks. I hope one of those guys can turn into something useful for our defense. Maybe we're going to move Rasul to safety. That's something that's been talked about. But maybe we can get Chuck Clark as part of that trade for Aaron Rodgers. We talked about that earlier. Average but consistent safety. But you have to know um, you got to get one of these guys in free agency because of the draft. This is a really weak draft class overall, especially at the safety position. So you have to go out in free agency right now and you got to find guys. Is, is Marcus Peters? a former cornerback, ball hawk. Is he a cornerback turned safety type of player? Um, then there's a bunch of other guys, though, out there as well. Like, even just bring back Adrian Amos. I know it would have made more sense to bring him back earlier. Maybe he has different plans. But I think Adrian Amos, prior to the 2022 season, was one of the most valuable safeties in the NFL for years. Okay, uh, coverage, guys. Coverage, safety play, cornerback play is very volatile. And Guys bounce back and forth from having good seasons to elite seasons to really bad seasons. It's just kind of the nature of the position. And I think Adrian Amos is going, if he signs for cheap, I'm going to be really pissed that the Packers didn't sign him. Jimmy Ward, he's an older player, but he's one of the best, most consistent run defending safeties in the NFL. He had an 88.2 overall run defense grade in 2021, 91.8 run defense grade in 2022. This would help out our... Run defense greatly. He's a great, solid um, cover player as well. He had an 88.3 coverage grade over the last four games of the season last year. I think he can play slot cornerback. He can play safety. I think he's a great option for the Packers. If he signs for like $5 million, Jordan Poyer, he had a 92.1 coverage grade since 2020, including last year when he had a down year. I think he's a great option for the Packers. He's also 32 years old, like Jimmy Ward. Um, Juan Thornhill, okay, a guy I loved coming out of the draft, a very athletic freak. Um, over the last five games of the year, he had an 89.9 overall PFF grade, which is amazing. I think he's starting to find, <clears throat> really turning to a veteran safety at the end of his rookie contract. And hopefully, because it was just a, such a small sample size at the end of the season, um, the Packers could get him for a steal. Then there's John Johnson. Okay, John Johnson, he played with Joe Barry in the Rams. He got his big payday to go to the Browns. It went downhill during his time with Cleveland. Um, and I think he's he he already got cut. He's not going to affect compensatory picks. He is um, a veteran safety in, in, the, in our defense, the one he played with with the Rams. I think he could return to being an above-average safety and it could go for cheap. Mike Edwards, another guy out there I like, a veteran minimum type of deal. Um, and then Rudy Ford even. I, we could bring him back. He's a great special teamer for us, and he had a coverage grade of 77.8 last season, which is pretty good. Um, it sounds like he thinks he can get a bigger deal than he deserves, and so he's going to test free agency. But if you bring him back for one year, $2 million, that would be a good move for the Packers. But, all in all, there are plenty of options out there in free agency for the Packers to attack, and the Packers are moving money around for a reason. The Packers are going to go out and sign some significant players to help this team go over the top. The Packers' front office sees their Super Bowl window as right now with Jordan Love at quarterback on his rookie contract. That's why they're pushing money to the future. They have opened up a total of $24 million in cap space, pushing money out, 
because if you look at the NFC, it's a mess. The Eagles are losing tons of valuable players, but still will be a very tough team. The 49ers have a great roster overall, but still missing a quarterback. Then after that, it's a mystery who even the third best team could be. And being the third best team in the NFC could earn you a chance to go to a Super Bowl. And anything could happen when you get to the playoffs. So with $24 million, the Packers could truly fix any holes on their roster. They could sign Irv Smith and OJ Howard for $4.5 million. They could sign <clears throat> uh, Jermaine Elmanor for $4 million, a starting right tackle, Kyle Van Noy, a starting edge rusher for $2 million, a Sean Robinson for $2 million, a rotational interior defense lineman, Shaquille Griffin, a quality starting cornerback for $2.5 million, two starting safeties, John Johnson, Juan Thornhill for $10 million in total. Right there, all of those moves, they would total about $26.5 million on the cap in 2023. There's tons of moves the Packers can make. And right there, that's our cap space to make basically a perfect roster. Okay. There are great deals out there to be have. And the Packers need to find the best deals, take advantage of them, spread their best, their bets out though. Don't just go in for two players for $25 million and then one of them or both of them get hurt and then you get nothing out of that. Go out and sign eight guys for $25 million and then three of them get hurt, five of them go on to have great seasons for you and it pays off big time. And you need your some of these bets that you have to take in free agency to pay off big time. And these are the players that could pay off big time for you if you want to take your team over the top in 2023 to try and win a Super Bowl. So that's all we have today, folks. If you have not already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the gritty gold because it's always Packers season at Packers now. Thanks, guys.